am I with Seabus Super? Because I'm a builder and they take care of me. Well, I had an accident on the work site and they helped me out, no worries. Yeah, they helped me out real fast. Mate, they just get me. Because they are for all of us. Seabus, for all of us. To consider if Seabus is right for you, visit seabussuper.com.au for a copy of the PDS. I had to go about it, write it out and find it myself. And there's some stories I can tell you. This... Oh, my Lord, is the final word. Ashes Daily. It is day four at Headingley. There will not be a day five at Headingley. Day five will not be required. Day four will be replayed about four million times in the next 20 years. Jeff Lemon here. Adam Collins with me. The pod's brought to you by CBUS. They're an industry super fund. Hitting your retirement for six, much like Ben Stokes did many times today. Adam, you're not going to be able to do this in 30 seconds, but I'd like to hear you try. Well, helpfully, my scorecard won't come up. I'm going to do this all by memory, Jeff. Australia lost by one wicket. I was going to say England won by one wicket, but in many respects, Australia threw it away. They needed to put on 74 runs for the last wicket. Ben Stokes and Jack Leach and Stokes made 74 of the 76. They eventually tallied off 45 balls, seven sixes along the way. Quite extraordinary. Jack Leach one line out up the other end. They were completely gone when after lunch they lost five for 48 until the point when Leach walked out. They batted really well in the morning session. The third hour went terribly and then from nowhere enter Ben Stokes. I'd almost say without doubt the greatest innings of the modern era, certainly in the fourth inning, certainly in a chase, probably better than Barbados in 1999, definitely better than Edge Baston in 2005. We now have set up for us a classic Ashes series and how's that possible after what happened two days ago? Ben Stokes, when he was being careful, when he was being cautious yesterday, he was two off 56 balls at one point this morning. He was three off 77 balls. And then <laughs> I think in the end he made something like 77 off three balls, it seemed. Um, we well, finished and, with 135, no doubt. I haven't seen his balls count. 219. I mean, 219. And when you consider it, Eight we, sixes. he brought up his half century. Off the top of my head, I think it was 154 balls for his half century. So you do the maths after that. When his last 85 runs came in, almost off, two runs of ball or something ridiculous. Or something like and that. Well, especially the last seven alongside Jack Leach but some of these 76 off 45 or something like that this is in a test match with nine men on the fence well, this is and kind of what wicket, I loved well, about eight, it. Eight on the fence, a slip and a wicketkeeper. Yeah, it's what, it's what I loved about Stokes' innings. I mean, you can say that, that Australia were unfortunate not for any of those catches to have fallen two metres the other side of the rope because a lot of them just fell over. But you can interpret it another way, that, that Stokes was almost controlling the ball over the rope. He wasn't slashing wildly at it. He knew how far he could hit the ball, how far mm-hmm. he needed to hit the ball. With, and it was like a measured risk, if you like. And then you combine that with some of the, the modern shots, the, the lap sweep for six, the, the, the charge reverse sweep off Josh Hazelwood for six. It really got the party started. I mean, that, that was just <laughs> ridiculous. And, and again, it, it, it was the best parts of, right. I guess, white ball cricket infusing a fourth innings yeah. chase of 359, which, as you pointed out yesterday, that doesn't happen for a reason, but Ben Stokes found a way through. And, yeah. Oh, amazing. 359 chases, there have been nine more of, of, of uh, that many or more bigger than that basically and the way he was hitting was like the way he was hitting in the World Cup final mm. it was it was judicious brutality he was going okay well a couple of balls is over have to go but I'll mm, not quite that one okay I'm going to get that one for the two I'm going to dink that one into the leg side with everyone on the fence and come back for the second the way he was sprinting those second runs then down on his haunches sucking in air while the bowler walked back trying to get ready for the next ball and then choosing the ball that he took on for six um, I, I have no shame in the fact that I said last night they absolutely cannot win this game because they couldn't 
couldn't. It was impossible. What he did today was impossible. Yeah. And it, I have no qualms with saying it was impossible. You know, of course, of course, people will get into me for it, but you know, as they should, bring it on. I have no regrets because I just saw one of the greatest test matches ever, maybe one of the yeah. greatest test innings ever. Well, we talk about the Headingley miracle of 1991. And it was on the basis of how far behind England were in that test match and all the other colour and movement, the 500 to 1, the Marsh and Lily and so on. But this is a bigger comeback than that when you consider that they were all out for 67, but also the psychological damage. When they yes. walked out to bat yesterday chasing 359, I lost that both openers when the score was 15. Oh. We said on the pod last night that Joe Denley, for the first 40 minutes or so, he was out in the middle, was, was a walking wicket. The Australian bowlers were awful. absolutely all over it. And, and then, they bowled so well yesterday. I think we, we kind of didn't quite cover that enough on the pod last that's night. That's true, yeah. Australia bowled so well especially all in day. The, you know, especially at the back end. So they get here this morning and there's 25 deliveries before a run scored. The first hour, they only acquire 30 runs, albeit losing Joe Reed. A fantastic catch by David Warner at slipper and inside edge onto the pad, which ballooned up. Warner diving across his sixth slips catch for the match mm-hmm. and indeed Lyons 356th wicket he went 590 balls between um, the, between his previous wicket and this wicket I think that's right it might be 290 or 590 possibly 290 but anyway let's not worry about that the point is is that it had been a bloody long time so Lyon gets that wicket and then after the interval yep. Australia are straight back on it they pick up Johnny Bairstow who doesn't uh, kind of pick up from where he left off before lunch where they added 62 runs in 10 overs after the second new ball was taken so I was sitting yep. out there in the Western Terrace before lunch and it felt like they were on but they lost 5 for 48 like yeah. it was so over when Wokes gives yeah. that catch up even when Archer who broke the back of it a little bit with 15 in a hurry when he's caught on the rope Broad's yep. gone second ball leg before yep. it's going to end up being you know Australia win by 70 runs and we kind of sit here this evening and say what could have been so, oh, had Johnny Bairstow batted for another it hour it seemed close for a little while but it wasn't you can hear some of the uh, England fans still singing probably in the background of our microphones I just want to run you through a few of the times it was over uh, <laughs> Okay, Rory Burns made seven, Jason Roy made eight. The two openers gone, I think it was two for 15 when they were gone. That was over. It was done. It was over. And then, you know, Root and Denley bat through most of the day. Denley gets out. Root gets to stumps with Stokes. Root resumes the next morning. And it was much like Adelaide in 2017. He was out in the sixth over, over of the day. He'd faced out, I think, four maidens from pace, um, scored a single, and then he came down the track to lie and tried to drive him inside edge over the keeper and that great catch, as you say. So Root's gone for 77. Root 66 gone for 77. And... It's over. It's over. You can't do it without Joe Root, yeah, right? You yeah. cannot do it without Joe Root. And then Stokes and Bears to have some fun. And you think, well, this is just the sort of, you know, this is the, the death rattle. The body's still twitching, but the air is gone. Like, they're, you know, they're hitting some boundaries, but whatever. I um, didn't quite see it that way because the way they batted, they, remember, they had to consolidate initially. And yeah. then Bearstow sort of shifted gears and Stokes followed him. And they really went after that second new ball, yeah. but not not irresponsibly. I mean, no, the only six they hit in that session, in that period, I guess, was um, Stokes to the shortest boundary here yeah. on the on the southwest corner of the ground where he kind of was able to carry Cummins over the boundary using his pace. Most of it was just yeah. excellent batting. And, and that, that, look, I guess it was the first time when I thought, well, look, 121 needed when they went to the lunch break. And I yeah. kind of thought, if these two make Possible. 80 of them, yeah. you know what I mean? If, if they get 80 of them then and Wokes and, yeah. and, and Butler and, and, and Co can come in at the end, then, then yeah. you know, that, that, that's, what it, that's what it'll be. But it wasn't like that at all. I thought a similar thing if that could happen, but I didn't think it would because Bairstow had played and missed so much. He'd outside edged a lot. He just, you know, he hit a few days and boundaries, but he looked—he looked like Besto. He looked streaky, um, and I thought, well, he'll get out sooner or later. Uh, and he came back and got out after lunch for 36. And then, then there's—they're choking. England are choking. They're falling apart. You know, Josh Butler 
gets run out, probably half Stokes' fault. Stokes hits the ball straight to midwicket and starts running and then goes back. Butler isn't paying attention to where the ball's gone. He's just watching Stokes, so he comes too far down. Can't get back. He's run out. Wokes gets five bounces at him and then gets a full ball and drives it straight to mid-off, mm. straight to cover. Um, and, and that's you know, such a tame dismissal when you see... Because he's leaning back. He's, you know, the bounces yeah, he's waiting for it, isn't back, he? Yeah. And he's leaning back but can't help himself going for it. Archer came out, hit a couple of boundaries off line, but just looked didn't look controlled and then he holds out to the deep mid-wicket boundary and that was the one that had me furious because I thought, you know, he can hit the ball well and he played well for 20 minutes or so. He played yep. some decent defensive stuff against the fast bowlers and it's like, why, when you've already hit two boundaries and they've both been streaky, why then try to hit a six over mid-wicket off the spinner last ball of the over? Just put it away. Yeah, I, get, I think... Put it back. I mean, I'm sure we'll get a chance to talk to Joffre at some point, but I, I suspect he, he realised that he wasn't going to last for long and needed to needed to make as many as he could. But Just hit him on the ground. If yeah. you, you want to play your shots and attack the ball, great, but, but just hit him on the ground. Let's I, just press fast I forward. I thought so that was dumb. Let, let's, let's and, press and then Broad's leg before, <laughs> and they're gone. Like, they're yeah, gone at yeah. that point. They need 77, is it? They, well, they needed 74. So Sorry, rather, they needed they needed 73 for the win, and they ended up getting 76. But um, 74 was the amount that, that Thompson and Border required at the MCG in 82-83. Right. And I was looking at that, you know, you, you're sort of thinking, well... That is considered to be the greatest sort of last wicket partnership ever, you know, for obvious reasons and so on, in an Ashes contest anyway. And you're just thinking that inevitably at some point with Stokes trying to milk the strike, although not milk it completely, Leach did face 15 balls and mm. on a couple of occasions had to face three or four, maybe even one over he faced no, five Pattinson deliveries possibly. So, so what it was, that Leach said that Stokes said um, it, it's one and five or two and four, that's what's happening, you know, that's how we're doing it. So, yeah. the, so there yeah. were, And there was one over where Stokes couldn't get lying away off the last ball and that's so right. Leach had to face the whole over. That's right. Yeah. Other than that, it was twos. Yeah, and it was the yeah. one. Well, it was the controversial over yeah. as well. Which I mean, the colour and movement of all of this. I was standing on the balcony above us, yeah. and I was watching Justin Langer sitting on the edge of his seat, um, watching a lot of it play out. Then he went back into the rooms, but um, it wasn't long after that that right. the line uh, run out opportunity was missed. Now, I'm not going to heap blame online, and no one should. Uh, these things happen. Uh, the ball didn't stick in his hand. He, he he snatched at it, which I guess is analogous, I suppose, for what happened to Australia in, yeah. in the last 10 overs there, and was he wasn't able to whip the bales too. off. Yeah, I didn't actually see who the throw came from, but maybe Travis I Head, possibly. It was I don't want to or Harris, I think. Yeah, but, but, but either way, sure. the throw... Well, Harris had put Stokes down, albeit a very, very, very tough chance at third man, but he did make it um, on the sprint in from the rope, much like it was with Simon Jones mm. in 2005. In fact, a harder chance than Jones's in that sort of famous finish there. Uh, and then the throw to line, he isn't able to get the bails off in time. But he, he, the next ball, he has Stokes' plum leg before sweeping. And this is something which I'm sure will be an even bigger talking point again, which is Wilson gives it not out, but surely his cricket antenna is such that if there's any doubt there, he has to give it out, not the other way around, because the team with the reviews was England. Now, mm. and it was absolutely plum. So, in terms of not wanting to give a controversial decision, maybe that's a bit of a hangover from Birmingham, where he seemed to give everything out and, and was sort of um, overturned by the DRS time and time again. And he had a pretty good Test match, Wilson, on yeah. the whole. But that that does stand out. But it, I think an umpire it would, have given, it would have been upheld by the DRS had England reviewed, but Australia had no ability to an review. An umpire can't let their decisions be influenced by who's got the reviews, though, because they. 
that's the, the point of losing the reviews is you've lost the reviews, not that you should then. Yeah, be no, given no, no, a, that's a fair point. Ride that's a fair point. Line. But I, but I kind of think, and you know, it, it's all, it's all, we're, we're speculating. It's all the psychology of this. But yeah. you often see umpires reluctant to give league befores like that at the end of any match because they don't want to be, I guess, yeah. held responsible for the final decision which defines the result. And look, maybe that that played into it uh, to if, some extent. But you're right though about the Australian reviews. Absolutely right. The pain going upstairs for the the previous shout, which was way was Cummins like pitching to, way to outside Lynch. the league stump. I don't even yeah. think Cummins thought it was out the way he appealed. They went upstairs for that. And yesterday we come back to that decision that that Lions sent upstairs when they were desperately trying to break up Root and Denley. Um, as our colleague Dan Bredig pointed out last night, the the, the geometry of that to, to think that was out he, he sort of it, it makes no sense. It was a decision mm. made in desperation, and they really paid a price for it. Yeah, although you know I think you could also say that it shouldn't have got to that point. You know they shouldn't have been. Eight, I think they were eight runs from losing the match when that um, that review for Leach against Cummins was made. So it shouldn't have got within eight runs if sure. it's 3.59 ahead. I, I thought tactically Australia was poor in that, you know, literally with 70 to win, they had everyone on the fence and it meant there's pressure on Stokes in that he has to hit a six over the field, but it also means he can line it up and play that shot without too much fear of miscuing it to an infielder or something mm, like that. Mm. It means he either gets it wrong on the rope or, the, or gets it right and gets a six. And as it happens, he got it right seven times. And I was down in the Western Terrace for the last hour, and Jesus, let me tell you, that was absolute madness. Oh, it was, it was unbelievable, wasn't Three it? of those sixes came within about five minutes of me down there. Right. He was following me. And it was just so casual again and again. He was playing these sort of, yeah, these, these like dinky sweeps for six he was playing flicks for six he was uh, just pulling the ball he was doing whatever he wanted basically when he decided that ball was going it worked he made it work every single time it was the most extraordinary thing to watch and, and to watch all these England fans boldly just going down to the bar to get six new beers with you know nine wickets down <laughs> you're thinking like, they're not worried <laughs> just, yeah they, they were great they weren't they they were all in at 11 o'clock Michael Vaughan said he's never seen Headingley full for the first ball of a day's play they were we talked about the Headingley crowd all week they were just wonderful today the atmosphere towards the end but the whole day really from the first runs that were scored from, you know, from the early defensive strokes from reaching those small milestones along the way whether it's reaching you know 150 5200 and so on they were they were so enthusiastic and engaged with what was going on so fair play to the Yorkshire crowd as they say strong Yorkshire strong England and uh, certainly cricket is strong in this part of the world we have to wrap it up uh, shortly Jeff because I've got to get down to London yeah. uh, in a jiffy but I just in closing we should try and probably put this in some perspective I mean I've seen a lot of test cricket it's my 113th test match this week and I mean I've never seen a test like it in the flesh but you know Barbados 99 is the one that people mm. always talk about in terms of with one wicket results with Lara at the end 153 not innings and, and had to do it with the lower order towards the back end and, and backed himself the way Stokes did. You know, there have been other close results. Cricket is a, a game with many, many close results. We see it all the time, but this felt like as well, far not, as Ashes contests are concerned. matches with clo- results that close. Like, True. you know, Adelaide last year when Australia were within 26, I think they were, of India, you know, that was shaping to be a classic finish and wasn't quite there. You know, two runs at, at, at Edgebaston, I think, is the closest yeah, any yeah. one. I don't think we've had any one run. No, so. no, the, the, the two, two runs is I think I think I'm right in saying the closest margin in the test, with if, the exception of the the two ties in in the 1960 and if 1996. If the league before is upheld, Australia win that match by, by one, one run. run. Yeah, and absolutely. then Leach gets a single. Oh, and by the way, yeah, the, the oldest say about that. I mean, about you know Leach having the presence of mind to get that round the corner with two men in close for that catch. That's brave batting, getting yeah. in line with that Cummins delivery, and of course we know that Stokes finishes it off with a lavish strike through cover. So 
all told, what a privilege to be here. It's been so much fun uh, doing this podcast we, through through the course of the four days. It feels like we've been here for about two weeks, but it's all been worth it, Jeff. We have not had a normal day of cricket since the semi-finals yeah. of the World Cup. We may never it, do again. It is the most extraordinary thing we've ever seen. It's one all going to Old Trafford. It could be a tired Old Trafford and then when it takes all at London. Who knows? Uh, this has been the final word. The pod is brought to you by CBUS. They can offer members insurance options that can be tailored to meet the needs of people working in the building, construction and allied industries. CBUSSuper.com.au. Check them out. Um, thanks for being with us. We'll be back with you for the next Test match. And, of course, the longer weekly final word show will be on your podcast feed as well. Sign up, subscribe, do all that sort of thing. Yeah, we'll be with you, as will Stephen Smith and as will Jimmy Anderson. Yeah. Manchester. Oh, for the fourth test match with two of the biggest names in the game coming back. This could get better. I know that this doesn't necessarily have the big name talent that previous Ashes series might have in yesteryear and so forth. Well, you can you can criticise the, the weakness of the batting lineups respectively, but we have ourselves a scrap, a proper scrap, and oh my, what a joy to be here today. Yep. If you want to listen back through some old episodes, finalwordcricket.com, and you can also go to patreon.com slash word if you want to throw a couple of bucks in the final word tin. This has been the Ashes Daily. We'll be back with you very soon. On the final word, see you next time. So you know what I meant here. I had to go about it, write it out, and find it myself. And there's some stories I can tell you. I had to fail, had to fall just for what I did well. And there's some stories. Every day, hundreds of thousands of us are building a future we can all be proud of. For over 34 years, the growth CBUS My Super Option has returned an average of 9.29% per annum for its members while investing in projects that not only create jobs, but something better. CBUS, for all of us. To consider if CBUS is right for you, go to cbussuper.com.au for a PDS. Past performance is not a reliable indicator of future performance.